it's JC. Welcome to episode two in season three. We're talking about faith-based eating, about food in all forms, ways that we can look at it. I'm actually really excited about this season as I've been pondering it um, the last few weeks. It's really been challenging me to think in a new way to maybe just open up my soul a little more and be more honest. And that's what we're going to do today. We are going to talk about our desires. And I hope you don't mind if we continue with the analogy we used last time um, of a love relationship, a dating relationship that we're attached to, perhaps an unhealthy one, because that's, that's where we're going with this, how food can become the very same way, very same kind of attachment for us. So we're going to continue with that. And what I want to do today is really beg you to have the courage to go with me and really open up your soul. Do some very, very honest self-evaluation. We, we get scared of that sometimes because there can be a lot of shame associated with it. Sometimes we just don't want to know what's going on under the surface. It's easier to just stay in denial, right? We've talked about that in the first season. But today, you know, let's let's just give ourselves permission to not to not go in a place of shame over this, to just look at it. The Lord doesn't doesn't condemn. We know that from Romans 8. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Like we, we he loves, he saves, he wants to help. And so we can do this in a safe space with him. We can do a little self-examination because honestly, We're not going to make any progress until we do that deep dive and kind of look at what's driving us under the surface. Okay, so here's here's the first place that I want to go. And we've done this a bit. It's going to be a bit of a a, um, repeat, (laughs) but I would actually like you to get out maybe a notebook or a journal. You can do notes in your phone if, if you prefer And it doesn't have to be major journaling, just some bullet points, write down some thoughts as they come. But what I think all of us need to do as we begin this journey is to stop and evaluate and ask myself, what has food done for me? What has it meant to me? What need has it meant? What has attracted me to it? Where is this attachment coming from? Now, some of the needs it's meeting may be like super easy to identify. And we've talked about a lot of these. It's comforting. It's soothing. It fills a void. It just, it just meets, um, meets those emotional needs of needing to be comforted. Um, stress eating, you know, we've talked about some of the more common reasons we can turn to food, but I really want you to take the time, um, to ponder this and maybe not be so quick in your answers. I mean, there may be some things that we think, oh, well, yeah, it's just this, you know, we just, oh, it's always been this and yeah. And and that may be true. The A, B and C of it. I've just always used it for stress or for comfort or for when I'm um, sad or what. And those things are true. But I also think it's worth spending some time exploring if there's some uh, additional deeper attachments for you. I, in my coaching, that's what's opened my eyes most of all is because I always assumed a lot of us struggled with those, those common ones that everyone talks about. But, 
Boy, I've heard a lot of different things come out of a lot of different people's mouths on why. Um, it, it can just be a distraction and a really great one. I had a woman in her 70s say to me once, if I eat, I don't have to do my to-do list. And I don't want to fo- focus on that. I don't want to face it. So I eat. Um, it surprised me a little because I'd never done that. It was new to me. And um, it can be an area of control. I can't control anything else in my life, but I can control this. How much I'm eating, what I'm eating. It can make me feel safe. I've heard that one. Um, it reminds me of childhood. It connects to sentimental feelings from childhood. It's a reward flat out. It's how I re- re- reward myself. Or I love the pleasure. Just I love the taste, the bliss, the pleasure that comes from eating. Um, it, there are so many different things that can be driving this driving us to food. And I do believe that for us to really begin to untangle this mess and to honestly move past this deep heart attachment that often we have to this thing where we hate it and then we run back and we hate it and run back, just like we talked about. We have to see why we're running to it. And I think it's something we need to do prayerfully, honestly, because truthfully, I, the one thing I have learned in my journey with the Lord is he knows me so much better than I know myself. I am so good at denial and rationalization and blindness and self-deception. I, I just have had him open my eyes so many times where I went, oh, that's what I'm doing. I didn't even see that. So this is a prayerful process where we take his hand and say, please show me. Where does this come from? And again, he's not going to shake his finger at us. This isn't about shame. This is about just looking at this attachment so that we can begin to see how to move past it. So spend some time this week evaluating, praying, pondering, writing, journaling. If you hate to journal, bullet points, notes. Where is it coming from? I would guess um, that you're like me and I have several bullet points <laughs> on my own personal list. It, it wasn't a simple issue. There were a lot of things. Um, I had someone say to me just yesterday in a coaching session, I eat a lot at night just out of habit. I, I have set it up that it's just habitual. And I mean, look at your own personal life, your dynamics, how you live your day and look under the surface. Now, The other thing we need to do as we're making notes on that and thinking about that is we also have to be honest about the consequences of this thing that we've chosen and uh, attached ourselves to. There's a lot of pros. There is. And we've, again, talked about that. There's a lot of reasons that we're attached and that's why we keep coming back. (laughs) The taste, the escape, the bliss, how it numbs how it can really help us avoid difficult emotions. If we eat, we stuff. And that's an honest pro on on a lot of our lists. I don't want to feel that right now. I'm not. Sorry. I'm going to eat it away. I just cannot deal with that certain emotion. So definitely we can look at the pros and all the things it has done for us. But let's also make a con list. I mean, for me, it was really helpful to begin to see, okay, list bullet point after bullet point of why it was having negative consequences in my life. 
How yes, yes, there was a great deal of pleasure. Oh, sugar brought pleasure. But it was so fleeting. Like that taste melted off my tongue so quick. It wasn't a lasting pleasure at all. And then I had to have more. It became addictive because it was so fleeting that I had to have more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more because it just didn't last. And then I wanted the experience again and then again and then again. So it became a bondage issue for me. Um, it had a very negative effect on my body like we've talked about. And and the really one of the biggest consequences that I had to stare in the face was you know, JC, it didn't fix any of the problems you wanted it to fix. It was just a temporary band-aid that did not do anything to what's going on in this under the surface. So can you see the kind of self-examination I'm talking about? Looking at this, what draws us to it, what's kept us attached to it, some of the consequences, good and bad, and what this looks like in our everyday lives. So that we can truly begin to better understand, oh, that's why I'm so detached. That's why. And it it helps to give meaning to the strength of this battle. If we just tell ourselves, well, I just like the taste, but for some reason we cannot walk away. And we're just like, again, had somebody in my office this week saying, I I don't want to do this. I just can't stop. Why can't I stop? That's what we're doing in this self-evaluation evaluation as we begin to understand how deep the attachment goes it gives more meaning to the strength of the attachment so we begin to say oh look at this list it's doing all those things for me no wonder my heart loves it so much then as that all begins to settle on us what i want to do um, with the remainder of our remainder of our time in this episode is to talk more about our desires because the desires of our heart are what become dominant in this attachment We're we're attached for all these reasons and so we begin to want it it's about desire it's not just about this mental process where we know what we should have or shouldn't have this is about what we desire and if there's all these needs that we feel like food is meeting Our heart wants it. And so we're going to deal with it on the level level of our desires. I I was thinking so much about that word this week, about my desires. Because we we read that quote from Beth Moore last time that talked about how the heart will clamor and, and for things that will want things that aren't good for us and, and pay for it dearly. But how powerful that pull of desire is. I was looking in, I have the dictionary app on my phone and I was looking in the thesaurus under the word desire and the words packed such a punch, the synonyms for desire, words like passion, thirst, craving, hunger, yearning, attraction, fervor, infatuation. Like, can you hear the the power in those words? And when we're, our desire is attached to food, we're talking about a very, very strong yearning, longing, hunger. That's why this has been so difficult to deal with. So what I think we need to see today, as you spend that time this week, looking at your desires and why you're attached, looking where they've come from, looking at how you've gotten into this predicament in the first place, I want to make two points. 
two points to just ponder. We're just touching on them today. We will go into these a lot more eventually, I promise. Number one point is this. Christ can fulfill our deepest desires. He's promised that over and over in scripture. So we, we, once we look at all this through self-examination, the, the goal isn't to throw out our desire and just scold ourselves for having those desires and try to pretend we don't and then we can walk away from them. The heart is made to desire. We have deep needs that need to be fulfilled. And we've been doing it in large part through food. We've got to acknowledge first and foremost, those desires are real. They don't need to be ignored or repressed. They need to be met and Christ can meet them in a way that will blow our mind, that will far exceed what the donuts and brownies and chocolate chip cookies have been doing. He can fulfill our desires. Think first of a simple um, psalm that I'm sure most of us could, could quote in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I was studying that psalm once um, in lots of different translations. I've talked about my favorite app that does that. And and several, like the NIV, the Lord is my, shep- is my shepherd. The NIV says, doesn't say I shall not want. It says I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The GNT says I have everything I need. Complete satisfaction. Needs fully met. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I have every need met. And as I was pondering that psalm, I really, again, in a spirit of self-evaluation, had to ask myself, is that true of me? I love him. I followed him. But is he my shepherd so fully that I lack nothing? That I have everything I need? He restores my soul. He lays me down in green pastures, leads me to still waters. Are those verses true of me? In a way, I had to say no, or I wouldn't have been using food to fill. I would have been full. If he truly was my shepherd, and I shall not want, I, I wouldn't need to run to food. So again, there was the, the self-honesty that I had to admit that as much as I might have known him and loved him and followed him and tried to obey him, my relationship had not yet reached the point where I could say the same thing as the psalmist. This was me years ago as I was looking at this, doing my own self-evaluation. No, I can't say I lack nothing. There's a void in me I'm stuffing with sugar. So there was more to be learned in terms of how he fulfills my desire. Um, Psalm 37 makes it very clear. Verse 3, I'm in the King James this time. Trust in the Lord and do good, and thou shalt be fed. This is not just talking about our appetites. This is our soul, our heart, our desires, our needs. They'll be taken care of. In fact, verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He can fulfill our desires so that they are complete, so that they're full, so that they're, they're cared for. I lack nothing. I have everything I need. He is my shepherd. 
that can happen. That is a possibility. And when that happens fully and completely in our lives, what need do we have to fill a void with food? If that need is so met, what our attachment to food is going to become meaningless, right? Because he has filled those lacks. He has taken care of those yearnings and hungerings of our soul. So we don't have to experience it right this second. Like it's a, it's a growth process, but we have to today settle in on the truth that he can, that he can. We can ponder on that. Meditate on that this week. Obviously, my needs are not met because I'm running to all this counterfeit stuff. It may be food. It may be social media. It may be money. It may be retail therapy. It may be escaping and all kinds of different things. Let's just throw that out there, even though this is on food. We, we, our soul is running to all kinds of different things rather than him because of the lack. So once we come to him, he fulfills and quiets those desires so that we're, we're by the still waters. We're in deep pastures and we are fed continually. He can do that. How is this most likely the subject for another day, but we're going to take a couple of minutes and just touch on a couple of ways that he does that. For me, um, I kind of went back to Beth Moore's book, Audacious, that we were quoting from last time. It's, this is the number two point. It comes from her book and some other things I've been studying. Number one was he can fulfill our desires. Number two, he can also change our desires so that we want the right things that are best for us. He fulfills it in part by changing our desires so that honestly, the best desire we could have is to want him, right? To want him. And so he does that by making him our new desire. We try to change our desires through guilt and restriction and putting ourselves on a diet and shaming ourselves for, for those needs and scolding ourselves and being, okay, build up the willpower. We try to do it through this militant willpower, pumping ourselves up. He will come and meet those desires by changing what we want most. Um, and we can ask him for that. That is the coolest thing. We can ask him for that. So here's what Beth says. She continues in her book, Audacious. In fact, the chapter that I'm reading from is called A Brand New Want To. Brand new want to. He can change our desires. She says, a healthy heart spreads every desire on the open table of divine dialogue. In other words, we take every desire to him. And she says, when we know those desires are wrong or toxic, we talk them out and try to identify the bed of need beneath the body of craving. There in his presence, we get to be ourselves, not just behave ourselves. We can be real with him. This is me now. (laughs) Can be real with him. Be honest. Lord, I'm so attached. My desires are screaming for chocolate chip cookies right now, for the Snickers bar or the Diet Coke. We can be honest. We can take those wrong and toxic desires I use that thing like a God, Lord. I use it like a deliverer. I'm just constantly in the kitchen looking for a fix. We tell him, and she continues, when we're red-faced over what we find our hearts are longing for, we bring it out in the open before him. Instead of holding it inside where it incubates in warm, dark secret and hatches into action, 
Freedom is telling God what we desperately want. Trust is asking him to change our want if gaining it would poison us. We don't just sit back and stare into our empty hands. We open them up, stretch them out, and ask him to fill them with something better. And he is the something better. He is. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next time. I knew my time would go way too quick. (laughs) And we're already there. But we're going to build on this in one more episode um, next week on how he fulfills our desires by changing our desires and becoming our new desire. It's actually this really cool process. It, It does relate very well to that analogy we've been using about a dating relationship. Instead of shaming us for loving that unhealthy person, he comes along and becomes the new love and our heart just forgets all about the old. It's it's really the truest, deepest way to address this kind of deep heart attachment. There's got to be a new attachment. Part of it is changing our desires by showing us the unhealthiness of it. But part of it is becoming our new desire. Oh, I'm so frustrated because we're just getting warmed up. (laughs) Maybe I need to change to 40 minute episodes. No, I want to make these doable and manageable in a time limit that works for people's busy lives. So I know actually that it would be bad for me to continue because I gave you a lot to do this week. I don't want you to rush past that, that self-evaluation, the time spent to ponder. I know I've talked to a lot of people that tell me they're binging my episodes and I, I love that. I'm so much a binger too. I do the same thing. But before you jump into the next one, make sure you've really taken the time with the Lord. If we're going to make a true change in our lives in this area, we've kind of got to do the work. So take the time this week to sit with him and let him show you more about this heart attachment, more about why, what food has been for you, what it's meant to you, where those attachments came from, what the consequences have been, and what your true desires are shouting for. Then once you fully understand that, come with me to the next episode and we will continue on this very same thing theme. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I hope you have a great, introspective, um, wonderful week.